International. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, everybody in between. This is Feature This, a fan edit podcast. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for listening to the show. Yeah. Thank you, Ethan and Donna, my guest today. Hello. Hello. Hi. We're back. We are back. And uh, if you listen to the stream and thinking, I thought I was listening to Gary Busetown Massacre. What is this feature, this nonsense? Well, then you probably didn't listen to the last feature of this episode where I explained all of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, the feature of this uh, podcast, which talks about fan edits, is uh, happening on the same stream with Gary Busetown Massacre. And we just alternate uh, weekly episodes. Yeah. So you get the Gary Busetown flavor of Ethan and Donna. And then you get, uh, and then you get my interrupting on. This. <laughs> you still get our flavor. Yeah, yeah. Just our flavor permeates all of the podcasts, all of the everything on Body Tape International. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah, but it's okay because this is our nice chill. Yeah, yeah. We can no pressure. Just, just chill and talk about. I always I'm no so relaxed. relaxed when I'm yeah, two candles it's lit. The, it's the candles that are so relaxed. Yeah. We're very seancey right now. Actually. I love it. <laughs> we have pistachio and plum or pear glace, uh-huh. which is ice cream in French. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. These are new candles. Yeah, they they smell delicious. I had to get some new ones. Mm-hmm. I'd like them. All right. Okay. So <laughs> jumping into what I, I I hope is our podcast on fan editing, uh, uh, we just watched. I I think we were going to agree is a pretty interesting, incredible fan edit. Yeah. Um, but to get there, I want to talk about some other issues kind of around us. We can kind of really jump. You know, take a big my, big meaty bite out of this. Yeah. Um, there are very few movies that I've seen where I just like had this jaw on the floor oh shit i can't believe like i'm having this experience watching this movie okay um they're few and far between but it's like one of the big reasons why i love the movies because that experience happens so seldomly but it's such a big payoff when it does happen yeah um for me one of those moments was watching the matrix on opening weekend and the whole sequence where uh neo wakes up 
Okay. And, uh, you know, he's, he's in that pod and, you know, that whole sequence just fucking blew my mind. It came out from left field and I was just, I, I was, that, that was one of those I lived for kind of moments. Um, but I want to ask you guys, like in general or specifically, can you guys go back to any kind of specific moment in film where you felt like something similar like that? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, go. Do you have one too? I have a couple. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to start there. Yeah, yeah. So mine is two thousand one: A Space Odyssey, twice in the same movie. Uh, once with the <laughs> shot where he's walking in the rotating, uh, yeah, the, the like centrifugal thing. Yes, that shot was just like I, I it blew my mind. I didn't understand how that was possible, and it's just that's. it's so unique and it's so beautiful and everything's just framed amazing uh and then later on in that movie uh the ending sequence i was just like this is amazing this is what all movie the whole last little section four of that movie yeah Yeah. so from uh when he's flying through post jupiter scene yeah, yeah after the <laughs> after all of that <laughs> okay, crazy. that's right yeah and he's flying through and then it's just that like classic Kubrick uh stark contrast of red and black and white and Ooh. the monolith and the baby and like it's just that is amazing yeah yeah Oh my god, I love that movie. That's <laughs> so good. Kind of getting chills thinking about that sequence. <laughs> it's so good. Uh I think like like for me like films like The Matrix where where I think like it it affects people because it, it you can do like a really uh easy like quick kind of read on it of like uh it sort of has like a dystopian read and I think like when The Matrix came out it the internet was still like ripe with these like weird ideas of what it could be and what it's doing. And I think like when I was like a 13 year old or whatever, when the matrix came out and we watched it, you know, you're, you would just talk with your other 13 year old friends about what it's about for hours. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about on another show, um, as terrible as it is, like Donnie Darko did the same thing for a bunch of kids, right? Sure, sure. I mean, it's a shit movie, and we can all say it's a shit movie now. But like, when you're 13, you're like profound. Yeah, it's profound, and it's e- it's like it's like just easy enough. It's like intro f- to philosophy or something, and you can sit there and like wax on it for a while. Are, are you say, are you saying then that that moment that jaw on the floor I can't uh, unbelievable moment happened for you in Donnie Darko? I I, I, I I equate Donnie Darko with The Matrix because I remember seeing them around the same time, and I remember me and my friends sitting around talking about both of those movies for like an abnormal amount of time Mm -hmm. like we'll talk about it for like six seven hours yeah and and it's 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 like none of the conversation was intelligent but 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 i think both of them kind of can can do that if to especially young kids like they're easy and but they're also complex in Mm -hmm. certain ways Mm -hmm. and uh I, i i always i always couple those 
two movies in my head sure uh just because of that so i mean most of my like oh shit moments in cinema like recently like a lot of it is just like kind of how they do that how did how do they make it look like that it's a look thing rather than like a kind of a philosophy bending thing so what blows your mind uh, gives you those pauses is when the camera does put something on the screen that your 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 brain can't figure out how that happened yeah 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 Yeah, or if it's like something that's done really smart like we were talking today with kent about uh about good vital language the 3d film um Uh, godard yeah godard and and I remember when I watched that, like, a couple of years ago in the theater in 3D, I remember it really, like, for me, just being, like, like, like not, I don't know how he does it. I'm, like, watching it, and I'm, like, I know how he's doing it, but, like, it's so smart. Like, I would have never have thought to do that. So, we talked to you about the movie. It was briefly here in Austin. It's an art film, obviously. It's Godard. Uh, but the film... Uh, was released theatrically in 3D and it plays around with the 3D, which is unusual and, I mean, really something that had never been done before. And by play around, I mean, like, it's, like, overlaying so there are, like, two independent scenes happening simultaneously or breaking apart from each other or the only section that's 3d is something that's in the background and out of fo- out of focus. Yeah. I, actually, I want to, I want to expand on this, for, you know, let, I want to go on a lot of tangents here and this is a sure. perfect one that I've had, I've had, I've had built up internal inner dialogue about 3d in my head for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't think 3d and maybe this is sort of like starting to crack that door and, and, and unlocking everything yeah. uh, i was talking i know where you're going i was talking to ken about this yeah. 3d i think is is will be locked in an uncreative uh um kind of lockbox if, if you will comic book movies no 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 no. i i think 3d as a device is not going to be fully explored the way it needs to be for for a couple of reasons number one Right now, it's very expensive to make 3D movies. You have to release them in wide, you know, big IMAX productions. And so, if you have a big budget right there, uh, in order to get funding back, you have to realize that everybody's going to see this movie ultimately in 2D because it's going to come out on Blu-ray and DVD and be streamed on Netflix. And so, the movie cinematically has to have the language of 2D film, which we've, you know, grown up with and sort of understand intuitively since they've been out for a century. Um, But I think that there is a very different language which can be a film language that can be told using 3d techniques that's that 2d can't do yeah and uh we haven't had a, a, a the means by which or a director or an experimenter who can really go in and do something that works and is emotionally powerful and and sells a different kind of vibe uh-huh. in 3d but doesn't work in 2d and they can't do it especially because they're they have to always imagine well, well what's going to look like in 2d yeah. because that has to be that language still has to be conveyed here's where i haven't figured out what goodbye to language looks like in 2d because it's they put it on netflix and shit and they put it out in 2d but uh there are definite scenes that 
require 3D. Like you do not get the like it, it plays around with the aspect of 3D where where which is why it's important and interesting is because like he'll do a thing where it'll it'll uh, it'll be a scene it's like a set piece at a table and you see it in 3D and then one person moves left off the screen and one person moves right off the screen so if you keep both eyes open it just looks like a shitty overlaid of two different scenes but then when you close one eye you see one scene independently and then when you close the other eye you see a whole different scene independently and then the characters walk back into the room into the set piece and it comes back into a normal 3d scene this is the kind of experimental thing that uh we need a lot more of yeah totally and uh i don't think we're going to get it for a very long time especially on the scale yeah. that it's needed yeah and you're not going to get enough experimenters working on it with expensive camera work and, yeah. and distribution and all the other stuff like it's it's it the, the the i think the medium is really in a chokehold right now and yeah. it's going to be a long time before it breaks free from that before the technology becomes cheap enough where you can experiment well he was doing it with flip cams well you can you can do that with gopros as well yeah. and you can get this the same effect, effect. and quality uh, that he had in his film i think uh where the movie suffers though is that the actual plot the actual story of the film is kind of jumbled but that's yeah. also kind of uh yeah that's kind of like a trademark of a godard film right uh so i could see it not it's already an art film so it's not going to get like you know it, it it's not a comic book film, so it's not going to get any attention. Sure, but sure. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that, if you're looking at an art film and you just want it to be an intelligent film or that challenges you emotionally or whatever, why people look at art films, mm -hmm. you're not really getting that from this story. But from a creative standpoint, absolutely. Like cinematography, it's just yeah. mind boggling. Yeah, but I think it is like, I think it's where 3D needs to go because what he's doing is he's making it accessible. He's, he's showing you that 3D doesn't require some sort of 3D camera setup. It requires having two $50 cameras. Like you can make 3D as a regular person in all after, like in all post effects. I, I think what I'm... I, I understand all of that. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I think I'm thinking of something in a completely different scale. Like, okay. I, I remember reading and hearing about stories about the first like video was a like movie motion pack picture thing that was captured was like a, a train that was coming towards mm -hmm. the screen. Okay. And like audience members who don't have no cinematic language who for the first time are seeing this, so the train comes out and they start fucking jumping out of their chairs. Yeah. Because they don't, that, that perception difference is something completely unique to that that yeah. those cinema uh, goers i think there's room for something as dramatic as that but the problem is is that we're just mimicking 2d yeah. cinema language in 3d yeah and i'm saying i bet there's a whole other language that can be used in 3d that we sure. just haven't figured we're, we're too locked yeah and and it's going to be a hard to break free from that 2d language yeah. Uh, because there's going to be that pressure to always make sure yeah. it, it, it can play. On I think list. that's part of what, what was successful about this film and going back to what Ethan was bringing up, uh, the film being uh, goodbye to language. Uh, so Ethan was mentioning that if you close one eye, you're watching one yeah, scene, yeah, yeah. but the movie is about a relationship and the crumbling of a relationship. So it does yeah. play with the, 
the emotions and the confusion because typically these scenes where you would have the two independent uh, things going on would be um, like right after a fight. So you would have like this crumbling of like the what visually what you're looking at. And then right, if you yeah. close an eye, you're seeing, oh, well, One the woman is right, the, right, right. Yeah. So it does play with that. Yeah. You, I mean, it's too late now. You're not going to be able to see it in sure, 3D, but sure. you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, you you should see it though, because like what it, I think what it was doing was it was playing with the with the actual idea behind what 3D is and and the, and the point of 3D and 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 at least more so than anyone else poking into the potential the potential the, the new ideas that it brings to the table. Well, because well, using it as an, an its own art form or its own, its own, own media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right. it's it's telling you a story using 3d in a way that you would have, you cannot experience the story unless it is in 3d. Right. Right. Like the 3d is required to experience the way the movie is set out. I think it's going to be really exciting when those barriers start to get broken down. Yeah. I had, I mean, when I saw it, that's why I was saying it blew my, it blew my mind when you're talking about films that blow your mind, like that fucking blew my mind. In, in a sense, I'll, I'll echo that the, one of the, one of those moments where I, I, my jaw hit the floor was, and it was sort of a, it wasn't, it, it was sort of a micro moment to myself, but uh, years and years ago, I went to go see in the IMAX, the 3d version of a uh, Christmas Carol with, with Jim Carrey <laughs> plays all the different things. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, not not the the best movie by any stretch, but there's this moment in 3D where um, what, there's like a superpositioning of, of of effects where you have a a bed in the bottom left hand corner, and I think uh, he's sleeping in it, um, Jim Carrey's character, and it's in the bottom left hand corner of the frame, and then growing in size is this giant face which plays one of the ghosts in the bot in the top right hand frame, and it just starts getting bigger and bigger, and the bed gets smaller as if it's going in the background. It's like this. This effect that it would be, you know, you wouldn't think you wouldn't think anything of it if it was done in two D. It's just like, oh, they're they're just, you know, it's like a transition from this thing to that thing and whatever. Yeah. yeah. But in three D, it had this crazy dramatic effect because your your brain is telling you how big this thing is, yeah, and how yeah, small yeah. that is, and it, it it really did create this uh, feeling that I've never felt before in a movie. Well, I mean, IMAX did that too. Well, not just on sheer size. I'm talking yeah. about because of the depth, depth perception yeah. changing of this object on one corner of the screen and this yeah. object on another, um, mixed with perhaps my expectations of how I'm supposed to feel about this. Like, I, I, yeah. that's when the first like light clicked on. I was like, "They're not. They're, this is the kind of 3D stuff that needs to be going on, where we sure. can really like mess with how depth perception works and how how that affects the brain and how you can get convey different emotions. perception. Yeah. Not to beat a dead horse about goodbye to language, but I mean, there is a lot of that in that, in that film where it's playing with the depth perception. And I thought that that was one of the more interesting things. Yeah. Uh, whereas Ethan picked up more on the closing of the eyes and seeing the par- the parallel scenes right, or, right. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I guess I was more like, like the parallel scene it's just like it's something that i i w- would have never thought to well there's like, like there's one scene I, I wish i could remember the setup better but there's like one scene where it's like the camera is like tilted or something yeah, yeah and yeah. so you're seeing like in the background sideways like a fountain and people like playing on it and then like something comes into the shot and that's in focus mm-hmm. and then it's yeah. like the whole 
the whole perspective is righted. Yeah. Like yeah. it makes perfect sense what's going on. And it was like, it was in a puddle or something. Yeah. And yeah. it was just like, because it was playing with the focus, yeah. you couldn't understand until the 3d element came into yeah, yeah. it. It's fascinating. He, he, I don't know. Yeah. He uses like in that film specifically he uses like a lot of weird tricks yeah. that are like basic cinema tricks. But then like when you, when you see them in 3d you're like i've seen these tricks in art films but then like when you see an art film in 3d you're like it's 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 i mean it's completely different it gives it gives more meaning to the genre i think i yeah. mean i don't know it's like the most interesting art film I've well seen it's really like textury too which yeah, is very like just what brings like yeah, a yeah, whole yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like know. any sort of like weird abstract thing because i was like trying to explain to kenta i was like I was like, man, like I, I like I, I was like trying to remember some films mm-hmm. and some music, and I was like, I can't ever remember things. Like I only remember abstractions. Like I don't remember like plots or dialogue, or mm-hmm. I remember just weird abstractions. And it's me like trying to just de- describe an abstraction to someone, which it's already an abstraction in my brain. Like that's so skewed from what I actually saw, yeah. and then me trying to describe to that person to get back to what I was originally trying the the original piece right yeah right. i was like i'm so bad at this <laughs> jesus christ uh let me let's let's chamber that for a second i'll bring it back uh later because yeah, that's yeah. something i want to add to a different part of the conversation but anyway um to go back to what i started off with about those oh god moments um there's something i've also noticed that when you do have those moments i, I cherish them but the problem is there's this uh, paradox of if you if you try to relive it again it becomes less effective each time with the same source effectively yeah yeah so so if you're trying i I would agree with that yeah with the exception of 2001 (laughs) i think i think with any kubrick film or there are other directors too but kubrick is like huge for me obviously but i mean like with any of his films it's like i always find some other little thing that's just like a treat you know yeah yeah i don't know i think i i agree with you and i don't agree with you because like i've uh, there's been films that i've seen when i was a kid and i remember them being like objectively good and kind of being like shit this is great and then shelving it for like 10 years and going back to it and like yeah a lot of the times when you go back it's a crystal pepsi and you're like this fucking sucks (laughs) but like sometimes when when you go back and it is something that's great like you're fucking you see it in a whole different light like it's like putting a whole new glasses on and examining uh, the film for the first time like buffalo 66 that's what happened to me yeah because like i hadn't seen it since i was a kid and i rewatched i'm like fuck i forgot how good this looks yeah but we've talked about that with other movies uh, and multiple times on this particular podcast where we've seen these movies when we were younger and we haven't watched them again until we're older and we were just like why why did I ever think this was even like remotely yeah. good? Right. Yeah, that happens a lot. I mean, just with Frighteners, uh, other a couple months ago or yeah. whatever, you guys were like, oh, I guess that movie was all right, and I was yeah. like, that movie was great. But like, how <laughs> blind am I by my nostalgia bias? You know. Yeah. Well, that's a that's an interesting thing about. Um, it's not it's like there's a nostalgia bias component because you watch it when you're more when you're younger and therefore you're more impressionable and so you kind yeah. of exaggerate different features of it or whatnot um, but there's also the, the older you get the more exposed you get to other cinematic language and yeah. then you can sort of see oh that's really not the best way that could have been conveyed and now, sure. I, now I see the flaws in it that you didn't see before and it's yeah. it, um, but then you have to have the caveat well yeah you've watched you know 10 years of 
into movies since then, which had that were based off language I was pioneered with that original film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always this weird sort of a, a back and forth between quality and 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 how to keep things in perspective because yeah. I think about movies that come out nowadays that aren't that are kind of piss poor. Uh, okay. But if it had come out 30 years ago, it would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, you and I got into a huge argument about that very thing when we did, uh, I think the last Halloween episode, when, or maybe two Halloweens ago when we did uh, Silver Bullet. And oh, you were right. like, yeah. I don't, the lighting is bullshit. That it should have blah, 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 blah. And I was like, fuck you. You're wrong. It's, <laughs> it's a product of the time period or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, styles change. And like, I think, I think with, I think there's movies that somehow figure out a way to be timeless. And then I think there's movies that like do a weird stylistic thing that like it capsule like puts them in a capsule of being like of the 80s like like or like you know i think the 80s is the easiest one like i think like yeah. you can pick out an 80s movie pretty easily right but like going back to like buffalo 66 that movie can be fucking timeless like if you show that movie to someone 40 years from now and ask them if that movie's from the 70s or the 90s like i i guarantee you will probably get 50 50 like an answer back of people that have mm-hmm. never seen it mm-hmm. yeah but i think you probably could get the same thing with uh kicking and screaming too yeah i mean that's pretty 90s though uh, some of the outfits but i mean i think yeah. that also some of that stuff is like kind of what people wear now you yeah, know what i mean I, i'm going off of like just texture wise and how it's filmed and that that's what i get off of flow 66 oh really see i think you could get that with well i was gonna go further that there and again there's this uh to to bring back the nostalgia thing is that um when movies you know when we look back at movies of the 60s um they don't have the sort of they don't have the 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 polish of cinematography that has been going on for the last 40 years yeah um or 50 years whatever the number is yeah uh so uh with technological changes and ease of um study cams and uh the passing down of knowledge of how to get lighting correct and you know from one generation to the next and so on that um and and you know the introduction of a, a million movies between now and then that has shaped other filmmakers and literally like the it's not just you know the the film has a 35 millimeter grain on it it's like there's yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there's a there's a limit uh it has to be a limit because it's the, the language is always building of what it was like in the uh, the, the 90s or the 80s and the 70s and so yeah. on uh versus today um so to, to that so from that we pull back to actually talking about the fan edit that we watched yeah, yeah. because uh what we watched is a fan edit called uh robots versus uh kung fu <laughs> which is uh hilarious and it's a yeah. in its simplicity uh but what it is it's a it's a it's a fan mix of the matrix uh set to make it look and feel like a sort of a grind a 70s picture grindhouse kind of thing yeah and uh and it what it does is it sort of it takes uh it's weird watching it because there's this juxtaposition between the the editor playing with all the sort of the 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 kitsch kind of 70s things that we think of 
and then applying it to a sleek modern well i think it was 97 whenever that movie came yeah. out it, feel, it still feels sleek today yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of style and uh you see and feel like the difference between those those two eras of uh of, of, of movie ness yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, between the two um just broadly speaking like what, what is y'all sort of impressions of the the fan of the fan edit we watched uh, just off the jump, I really liked it because those are those are the things I always talk about that I like. Like I like things that take that that don't try to fix plot or anything like that necessarily. I like things that take the movie as a whole and and think like, oh, okay, what if I change the soundtrack? What if I what if I change the way the film looks? What if I try to make the film look like something it's not? And like that, those are what's interesting to me because you're playing with the actual idea of the like the 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 overall scope of the movie you're not playing with just a plot or a character right um and like as far as go as far as it goes like trying to emulate like a grindhouse film i thought it was fucking hilarious like i thought he did a great job like especially like uh with grindhouse films um you you always have such a different level in sound quality with like right. ADR work yeah. and like what's filmed, what's for, what's caught on set, like for dialogue. Uh -huh. And yeah, like, like, like I always, like when you watch like an old seventies film, that's kind of a lower budget one. That's always like one of the, the coolest indicators is like, is like, Oh, that, that, that would like that, that piece of sound was recorded somewhere else. And when they tried to punch it in, it doesn't sound, it sounds weird. Yeah. And that's interesting. Right. And, and so using the same limitations, if you will, of a cheap yeah. 70s filmmaker, the same guy of a fan editor with limited sound sources ends up re recreating the same problem, if you will. Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, it brings it back to that kind of feeling of what, it, of what those kind of movies were, are like. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just like, he's kind of running into these like weird problems like retroactively. Yeah. It was like it's still funny because it, it, it just keeps bringing me back to the conversation i had today with a filmmaker and like uh and like we were talking about him making a movie and he uh, like a short film that he just made and he was like yeah i used an old tube camera like an old like vhs tube camera that has like that like you're supposed to get the uh it doesn't have a video capturing device on it so what they would do is it's essentially a vhs camera but what you do is you wear a vhs recorder mm -hmm. so you're wearing a VHS player recorder on you. And then the camera is uh, like, has like a 10 pin that's connected to it. That's giving it all the information. Mm -hmm. So what he did for his short film was he took one of these tube cameras, but then outed the RCAs like into an, or the 10 pin or something into a, into a capture device and then was following it around with a laptop. So a laptop was his capturing device. Yeah. So it's like so it's like you're running into sort of the same limitations, but you're also using today's technology, yeah. which is kind of causing these like similar but like weirdly d d different problems because it's like, well, what if your I don't know what if your sound card on your laptop breaks? Like that wouldn't happen on a VHS capturing device, right? But is you're using kind of the same thing, but with yeah. today's technology, I don't yeah. know. And that, that, that that's why I, I, I kind of think is, you know, kind of a parallel thought. Yeah. I don't know. What about you, Donna? What was your impression? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was really interesting. We haven't really watched anything comedic yet. And I thought that, uh, whoever did this edit has like pretty good, uh, ideas as far as like comedic timing. Cause some of those, 
ADR lines were absolutely hilarious. Yeah, yes. Um, and I don't even think that you necessarily, I don't know who in this world hasn't seen The Matrix, but I don't think that you necessarily need to have seen it to enjoy this movie. No. Um, I, th- I thought it was fun and it was campy in all the right ways and it was uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I thought the the saturation was a little stark at first and it took me a moment to get over that. But yeah. otherwise uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, mean, I was surprised. I think a lot of like the kind of retro fittings to it were a little stark, like uh, like kind of how, how some of the ADR lines are, how some of the film, what, what? <laughs> Nothing. how some of the, how some of, how some of like the film grain and saturation, kind of added looks like I thought it was stark but then it's like when you go back and watch those old 70s grindhouse films they're they're, 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 they're they're the same thing you're like god damn it like why is that so loud like that makes no sense right so you're just kind of you're getting the same issue but like from a different scope or from a different oh uh, you were saying uh, at, uh, when you like started uh, to talk about the movie you were saying that like the outfits I guess that was what I was interpreting uh, what you were saying as, but um, that there was like the sleekness. Yeah. And so obviously we've talked about uh, the film quality being changed so that it looks like a shitty, like actual reel of film. Right. Um, But I thought that the outfits didn't like the outfits and like the computers and everything didn't bother me in that setting. And I think, because of like planet terror the outfits were like relatively modern considering Mm. that that was like also a modern grindhouse film right and and this is kind of what i was talking about well let me let me i feel like i'm like i said i want to approach this from a lot of different angles but uh when first off a movie like this in in many ways um and actually we talked about this ethan the other night um uh, a movie like this, in many ways, is sort of immune to what you I would classify as like you know film criticism. Okay. Like like the you 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 can't really go into this and and talk about oh well like um uh you know the the, the what the director is trying to convey this that or the other and uh and whether it, what was effective and and because you realize that as soon as as soon as you're talking about a movie and uh, imagining if you will an alternate alternate universe where this was the movie this was the matrix that came out in 1972 <laughs> or whatever um that you you would it would be it would you couldn't criticize it like that like you could like uh you know um a, a james cameron movie where he had five years to make the movie sure. and, uh, 800 million to do so yeah. um so in in a in a in a it's funny because it triggers a different part of my brain when i'm talking about something like this uh i i don't i i the question is whether or not do you enjoy it not could it be better yeah how how would you make it better what what scene didn't work like yeah. it's it's you were talking about when we were talking about cult films. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you're like, are they good or are they bad? Or are they bad because they're good? Or are they good because they're bad? And it's like, you just kind of have to give that up. You just watch it and you enjoy it. And either you waste two hours or you waste two hours and it's something you can make fun of. I, I think there is a way that you can... Uh, only because I had to review films. I think that there is a way that you can review cult films uh, or films of this style or caliber. And it would be by the campiness and what conceptually like 
if the campiness is overwhelming because it's being inserted or if the campiness meets the tone and feel of the movie. The, I, I get that, uh, totally. Um, but there's this other angle where the director or the filmmakers or whomever are clearly trying to sell a motion or a point, but they just don't have... You can just tell they don't have the resources. And yeah. like, if you're like, oh, man, if they had an extra $20,000, they could have made that... They could have sold that moment. Yeah. But because they don't, all you get is the guy, you can see the wires <laughs> as he gets slammed against the wall. Yeah. So, like, you... you, you and there's a forgiveness there, I think. Like, ah, oh, like, yeah. I kind of forgive it. Like, oh, I know where you're going with it, and if you had the money, you probably could have made it work. So, like, on on that hand, I'm like, oh, I, I forgive you and I get that. But on the other hand, I'm just like, look, you got to make the money, the movie with the resources that you have. Yeah. Because every time you do something like that, you violate that that yeah. uh, that trust that I put in the movie to say, I'm going to give myself over to this. So don't break don't break character, if you will. Yeah. So like, I'm really torn like uh, with these kind of. Uh, I'm taking this uh, fan edit uh, out of the mix, but just kind of in cult movies in general, like at what level would do you, are you forgiving of the quality? Uh, I mean, I think, I, I think it's contextual and I think it's like a case by case basis, you know, like I, I think it is like, it totally comes down to that, that moody man quote, like where it's like, uh, it's not what you got. It's what you do with what you have. And it's not what you do. It's how you do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, like, like if you're doing something, if you're doing, if you don't have money and you're making a movie that you are so dead set on making and, and that you put everything that you have into it, there will not be a kitschiness or a campiness because it will be so fucking earnest. American well, there may, movie. yeah, I mean, there may be campiness to it. And that was what I was yeah. saying, like the emotion behind it or the intent, because you can, I think it's absolutely forgivable because I don't think that you're, I don't think most people are thinking about it in means of like, uh, I'll let that slide because yeah. this is like a student film or whatever. I think it's just an inherent no, 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 it totally is inherent. I'm just trying to, when I backtrack and analyze, I'm like, why am I, like, if there's, like, a really big continuity fuck-up, like, you're, that you're hi- more hypersensitive to than I am, but if there's yeah. a significant one in, like, a big blockbuster movie, that can fucking take me out of a movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, same. that also creates, like, 35 pages on our subreddit forum. That, Fair enough. That, <laughs> but uh, 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 an additional ADR line that clearly came from the studio, you know, six months after it made, and an a film from 1973 doesn't bother me at all well those things okay so i i mean i don't know about for you but for me continuity errors or any anything in a modern film that is a mistake that should have been caught makes me irate because these movies cost so much to make so there's no and forgiveness. you're you're paying someone to be there that their job is just to do that like if you worked at mcdonald's and your job was just to make sure that the fries didn't get burnt right then why the fuck am i getting a burnt fry you know what i mean like oh god that shit makes me so angry i cannot see in continuity errors i don't know like i <laughs> i i mean like when i i think i just think of different things when you bring this topic up because like i'm thinking like the first thing that comes to my head is like coven is like mark bouchard american movie it's like he's so fucking earnest he's so he is so himself that he's putting so much of himself into his work 
that if there is continuity error or if it doesn't look great or if the lighting's fucked up, like it's excusable because he's he is putting everything he's putting time he's putting effort he's putting all of his money he's poor he's broke and he's putting it all into a shitty horror movie like you you when you watch it you're like it's not great it, you could not put it in the theaters nobody will go but i will watch it and enjoy it because it's earnest and it's real mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. and i think that that's what's important and then it's like but when you look at something like fucking suicide squad it's not earnest it's 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 made by capitalists to make fucking money that's all it is it's it's not an earnest film i would say it would it was ruined by capitalists wanting to make money i don't know if it was made by (laughs) it was ruined by a bunch of shit but like but but what i'm saying is that they they don't have the excusability of budget they don't have the excusability of uh, talent of talent of things like they, they they don't have that but like low budget cult things like that they have that cushion room. And I think that's what makes those types of films that are really good and culty and grindhousey. I think that's what makes those so special is that, is that you're willing to forego a lot of things, you know, but something like suicide. So I love fuck them. Yeah. Like, I don't care about them or as people and they're, they're not earnest. They don't care about you. I think that those, the continuity errors in, in films, I think that uh, in cult films or lower budget films, I think the continuity errors uh, add like kitschiness to the movie. And it's not that they're so infrequent. So like if there's, it's rare that there would be like a single continuity error, which is much more prevalent with bigger budget Hollywood studio films. Uh, But in like, um, cult movies it will be like i'm holding this can and then in the next frame i'm just standing there with my hand open (laughs) and then in the next frame i have the can back again and that kind of shit is just like hilarious but there's you know a thousand of those things in most cult films you know yeah uh i don't know there's Um, a i i like the um the what I what I noticed like in watching this edit, for example, um, and again, like this is the Matrix made to look like a seventies, uh, you know, dirty, low budget, cheap movie. So there's a lot of techniques at play to sort of sell that idea. Um, one of the things he does is he has uh, a completely different uh, opening um, sequence with uh, that includes a lot of footage from Johnny Mnemonic. And oh, that's what that was. For. Yeah, yeah, and then and then I was so shocked that you didn't yell about that. I, <laughs> I thought was, for sure, yeah, like any yeah. moment now, Ethan's going to freak out about I that. I forgot. What a dingus! And Johnny Mnemonic, the, those <laughs> he kind of like goes back into those sequences a little later, and they, and they don't uh-huh. quite work, and then they do work a little bit, and so the, it, it and part of the not working again feels like oh, I can forgive that. In fact, the not working part of it is part of the charm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, this guy. I mean, this is a really big piece of work. Uh, we, we watch. I mean, if you this look, took him a long time, no doubt. And yeah. like at the very end, uh, during the end credits, it talks about all the different um, uh, sources that he used in order to get. There's, there's like you know two dozen different sources. Whether it's yeah. the Matrix, uh, Matrix Two and Three, uh, MSK Three Thousand, M- like yeah, MST Three Thousand, MST Three K, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I know MST Three K backwards and forwards. One of my favorite movies, and I couldn't find. 
find what I don't even know what the line read was that he stole. Like he, I yeah. he swear I used it. He used it for like an ADR line. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 Um, and then like he used he used he used stuff from the Matrix video game. He used stuff from all of the the, the Animatrix material. Um, he looks like he pulled stuff from like uh, just line reads from. Um, uh, from Lawrence Fishburne and other movies. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a. This is a big sourced kind of uh, project here. Going to not to like go back to some of the kitschiness things, but I think the best one, like throughout the entirety of this edit, is when Lawrence uh, Fishburne and Keanu Reeves are fighting, and he's pu- he pulled it from some weird special features where they still have the dollies out, they still yeah. have the strings, and so yeah. you can see them, and it's just so ridiculous. And you, you just laugh, and you're like, it's funny. Yeah, that happens in a bunch of. Uh, There's a boom shot. Yeah, that happens in a bunch of like the weird. Like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a bad example because that's like a a the best yeah, version the best of version those. Of yeah, 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 yeah. But there are so many of those fucking movies, and all of them are absolutely amazing and yeah. just filled to the brim with shots. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. So what what this editor did is in playing looks like a, a theme that he played out from the very beginning in this edit is that all of the expensive special effects shots that were in the matrix he took out yeah and so if you're making a cheap budget film from the 70s you don't you can't make those effects so he, yeah. he bullet time is out bullet time is out the destroyed this and 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 the way he 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 counteracts that in many ways is he he finds the um the deleted not not like the behind the camera mm-hmm. footage yeah, of yeah, somebody yeah. watching the stunt work yeah and then whenever <laughs> the special effect kicks in he just cuts in using that footage yeah without any vis effects and with a different lighting palette without yeah. i mean it's just everything it's genius it's fucking hilarious it's and smart. like zooms in on yeah. certain parts too so you're cutting out some of the other shit it's yeah. really it's it's perfect it's it's because <laughs> it, it parallels that experience of a filmmaker in the 70s who has eight dollars worth of resources how do they do yeah. the best they can with that and that's kind of it, it, it a fan editor sort of is stuck with the same limitations and so it kind of really works to that medium yeah. Uh, so he's able to convey this. Uh, ironically, fan, fan editors can't go the other way very easily. It's much, much harder to try to upscale a movie to make it look sleeker than it is yeah. to degrade something. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, so the, the, that kind of uh, material is used. Um, and then the uh, there's a lot of cutting and editing that um, that that would be completely i mean to say it's unforgivable in a mainstream movie is 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 not really fair just because obviously uh but i think even if like this film was like again i try to imagine like a different universe where this was discovered like in somebody's you know vhs uh uh vault yeah. and like did you ever see this this uh, movie called robots versus <laughs> God? like pop it in like would yeah. that sell yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, I think it, it it's still like a, it's got it's got enough kind of like uh, I'm not sure if that would quite sell you know with uh, some of the narrative things and the cutting and editing and whatnot. Really, I thought it made the story like more digestible. Really, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, I was totally. I was like, because I, I I haven't seen the, I, I I admittedly I haven't seen the Matrix in ten years. Yeah, but. Like when I was watching it this time, I'm like, wow, this makes a lot of sense. It makes more sense. It's easier. It's cleaner. Yeah. It's just like, it, and it's just like, 
if you don't like if it's something that he doesn't want you to read into he just doesn't revisit it it's just like cut out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's a technique obviously you throw something in there he's like ah fuck it move on and, yeah, and yeah that yeah. works because of the style of this kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Edit. Uh, I would like to say I mean I don't know how long people live listening to this but I do want to spoil some of the endings I want to talk about it yeah we're gonna have to so, talk about uh, the endings it's a good yeah there's some clever stuff if you want to if, if you should check out the edit you should stop this now so I'm giving you you know full full uh, full warning yeah you should just stop and check out that yeah, it's really we've, good we've talked up the edit enough yeah it's called robots versus kung fu you can find it at fanhead.info go download it now and if, if you've heard that if you've seen it you can continue listening so two of my favorite uh things that he does in this edit happen in the third act sure i'm sure one of them is that he plays this whole different narrative where neo betrays um uh neo betrays uh, morpheus so in, yeah. in the Johnny Mnemonic sequences, he is basically working on behalf of the agents. He is an agent. He calls yeah. himself Agent Smith, which yeah, is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then he gets pulled away from it early in the movie, and so he becomes you know he works with uh, Morpheus, and then Morpheus is captured, yeah. and then they reinsert some of the mnemonic stuff, and so he goes back to being an agent. But uh, the Matrix tries to. Um, uh, following the plot line of in Johnny Mnemonic, the the Matrix turns on him, yeah, and he's like, "Well, I I was trying to like b- double back and be an agent again, yeah. but now you're trying to backstab me. Well, screw you! I'm going to go back to helping more <laughs> and then it cuts back to the Matrix material. Yeah. And I really like that payoff because I I was totally not expecting it, yeah, and it it um it made the Johnny Mnemonic stuff in the that they used earlier in the movie not just superficial. Sure, sure. Not sure. just something, oh, I know Keanu kind of has the same haircut and there's kind of, kind of, yeah. kind of some robot cyborg feels. Like it actually played out narratively, uh, which was, a, I thought, a big bonus. And then, of course, I don't know how y'all felt about that. It was kind of hard, kind of getting like, what are they trying to do here? Yeah, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't catch it super heavily like that. But like now that you mention it, like looking back, I'm like, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think once I kind of got, under, once I kind of understood what they were going with, it was like, oh, now I see it. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, I really like that payoff. Yeah. But really, the great big, ending to this yeah. <laughs> is uh, uh, sort of a payoff to all the nihilistic endings of the seven it's great fucking Agent Smith comes up and like shoots him you know eight nine ten times in the hallway fucking falls to the yeah. ground he's choking up blood uh, you know in the Nebuchadnezzar with uh, what's yeah. her name like hovering over him and yeah. then it's like this incredible sequence of of, of I don't even know where he got the material. Like, did he do uh, record his own voice? I was wondering some, some of the that ADR multiple s- times. Yeah, because like, because like some of the ADR, like like a lot of the ADR, he'll he'll fuck up and he'll like do compression with and, and like he'll add distortion to it. Yeah, and um and, and, and like some of it, it's like that's not Keanu Reeves. Like that sounds like it's him. Like the fan editor adding ADR lines to promote his own plot line. And uh, because he's, and I think that's what's going on, although I haven't seen all of the Animatrix stuff, so I'm like, I wonder if there's Uh, some audio in there that I'm not familiar with that that he could pull for this. It's a stretch. And, uh, but the great thing is, is that because he's inserted that in the middle middle part of the movie and at the beginning, yeah. when he comes back to it at the end, yeah. it feels continuous and it's like this yeah. is exactly how it should end. Yeah, but he, dies. he fucking dies, he dies right there in the hallway, and it's this big <laughs> montage where we learn that 
um, that Morpheus has done this before. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. several yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. Where he, fi- <laughs> he keeps finding the one over and over again, and that person just keeps getting killed, and he's ruining people's lives. And fucking yeah. uh, Carrie Ann Moss's character is just kind of like, like along for the rise. Like I don't, I guess I don't love you. Yeah, you know, because he's supposed to love the one or something. Like I couldn't yeah. quite sell what what they were doing there, but she like fucking betrays him too, and like. <laughs> Everybody walks away from him like, oh shit, that was it yeah. was like a fucking mistake. No one's friends at the end. No and, one. Neo's dead, and like everybody back, like double backs on everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, fuck. Like, yeah, they really sold that that moment with the Oracle. Is like, are you? Yeah. You, you know, you're not the one, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not the one. And like, oh well, in the original, he is. It's just like yeah. this little doubt thing that helped propel the plot, and he pays off yeah. in the end. But in this one, he's literally not the, the one. one. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I. I so I like everyone else. I love the Matrix when it came out, and I had like the special edition ones or whatever the DVDs, and I watched all of the special features like maybe even a couple of times. But I remember a lot of the things that he used from the special features. Oh yeah, yeah, which was fun. It was just nice seeing that stuff again. What's crazy is that I don't know. So last night. Um, We've been playing this episode for a couple of weeks, uh, but I just, we just said, like, pick whatever. We'll just watch whatever. Don't, you know, right, we right, don't right. need to figure it out beforehand. And last night we were recording uh, a different podcast and we were talking about what movie we were going to do. And uh, you were awfully coy about what it was going yes. to be <laughs> yes. uh, because you wanted it to be a big surprise. Right. Uh, what's really funny to me is that I don't know if we've talked about The Matrix recently with you. I don't think so but no. it's been coming up a, a lot, lot. Yeah, I, yeah for like the past month and i've been like wanting to rewatch all of them again including animatrix but i we just haven't had time recently yeah. and so when we put this dvd and i like this could have been the shittiest movie ever and i think <laughs> i still would have been like so geeked on yeah. watching the matrix i was just so in I was that in mood the yeah mood. i was in the mood for the matrix i still want to watch them all again yeah, yeah. and i don't remember i was like i was like trying to like i was like at the end i was like i don't remember them being there being like a bunch of prophets and them all dying in the matrix oh that final montage yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a special scene or something i swear yeah, like, i've seen that, that before I, I almost feel like some student made some their own version of like that sequence or some like and it looks like he cut from there like some some you know somebody else who made like fan footage like that's yeah. what it felt like to me maybe but, I, know. I, I swear that there was a conversation with the oracle though where she alludes to other people and morpheus thinking which that is that dialogue is in that it's in the, in the movie. movie yeah yeah I think, I think there's dialogue in the second so maybe movie they pulled that. it from that one yeah i, I don't know I but don't, yeah i don't know but it was fucking like the last like 15 minutes of it like the amount of plot that he pushed in that where you're like holy shit holy shit whoa yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love the surprise i mean the, the, I, I wonder like you know somebody who's never seen the matrix how's that possible watch this and be like i guess that's how it ends you know like, <laughs> you'd be totally shocked when they yeah. saw the original yeah. right? i wonder what those <laughs> other ones were and yeah. it's great too because like you're just like oh morpheus he's a bad guy he's a like he's a badass a prophet and then just it's just like at the end he gets shot then it's just fucking credits and you're like what (laughs) well then there's a there is a post uh a post movie preview for attraction yeah for a potential sequel sequel? which is implying that 
he Morpheus is requesting the body of Neo <laughs> yeah. because he may or may not still be alive uh, and yeah. uh, the agents are refusing to give it up which actually also sounds it like also a really awesome cool. movie yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like that, that's another thing that's really cool they have to because when you look at this thing as like a whole uh, he has uh, coming attractions, and one of them is like Rush Hour. <laughs> yeah, Rush yeah. Hour. I didn't write down the alternate name for the Rush Hour one. Yeah, it was the Dynamite Brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's also a Resident Evil re-edited trailer, which is called the, the Astro, Astro Zombies, Zombies. Yeah. and then it, a re-edit of the Hitman trailer, which is no longer Hitman one word; it's Hit Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. Now let me ask you this: Do you guys think that the voiceover done for the trailer is the editors or something that was no it's from the movie it's from the movies that he took the titles from oh really like yeah there are legit movies called the astro zombies and he cut the the resident evil trailer to to look like that i don't think so because there's like some really specific lines no i think i think um what's the what's the uh rush hour one the detective uh the the dynamite brothers yeah i think that's one i don't know though that's what that was my guess was that it was that the 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 over thing for the trailer was a trailer for another grindhouse movie that's what i thought initially but then there's like one or two lines that looks a little too specific like something even about like especially in the resident evil one with yeah. like lasers cutting you in half and yeah, yeah. Like, yeah dynamite brothers oh so it's a legit thing yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Th- even that's a fascinating use of uh you oh know, shit combining it's material the- to make something like that work. it's the same thing as rush hour so it's a black dude with an <laughs> Asian dude. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, that, well, that's what I, I'm pretty sure at Astro Zombie, the Astro Zombies is a, is like a, this another is a weird. I mean, they may have said trash. in that trailer, the black cat from Watts. Yeah. yeah it's something the like Kung Fu yeah. cat Kung from Fu Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Or something like yeah that. They yeah. very well could like, have I been. think, I think what he did was he took the audio, uh, from, from the trailer, from the trailer for another like black exploitation or like kind of trash cinema thing. Right. And then I think he cut that and then recut movies that parallel it. Yeah. Yeah. To it, which is fucking genius. Yeah. It worked great. It worked great. It, it worked so well. I thought he did the, uh, the ADR himself. Yeah. Yeah. The, the I line. want, to watch the rush hour one cut like this so bad i don't know if he did it yeah i don't know if it was just like oh make a trailer it'll be funny yeah but like if he did the actual thing like i'm like fuck because like i was watching i was like damn i don't remember the fights in rush hour looking this sick like like, this looks (laughs) fucking great yeah so so that's what the like if you hit play on the dvd that's the first thing you get are these uh, makeshift trailers yeah the alamo draft house uh thing is on there so too. It says, a com- it says like pr- a preview something. Coming then, attractions. Yeah, but then the coming, there's like two different ones. One yeah. for previews, one for coming, for the coming attraction. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there's, like I said, there's a lot of, I remember seeing, there's like a handful of shots from uh, Dark City uh, that are yeah. with some of this. In fact, like the, one of my favorite shots in Dark City is this establishing shot of a building and as it gets closer, you can see the this light sort of shaking and, uh, and ends up being the room where the character wakes up. But that's the scene, that's the same, that's juxtaposed in this movie where uh, it's the opening shot with Carrie and Moss at the, the TV or uh, oh, on the monitor yeah, before uh, yeah. the guys come up. And mm-hmm. there's this like, 
Okay, so like we t- like I said, like the 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 part the way of making this thing look cheap is by getting rid of all of the the high end special effects and undermining the choreography. Um, yeah, quite a lot. Um, and so like uh, there's that line, you know, the cop is like, and, and the and the original is like, oh shit, here comes an agent. And like you're not gonna give me that jurist my addiction shit, are you? And he's like, I told you to do this for your own protection. And he's like, I think we can handle one little girl. Like no, they're already dead. Now in the original, that goes to this big fight sequence where she starts doing some matrix moves around the yeah. that room as she kicks the shit out of four cops or whatever but in yeah. this one there's this like super cheesy perfect 8-bit sort of like well, like matrix like like language is like going up and yeah. down the screen it shows her like turning in it <laughs> and then like it just it cuts to them go well, you're they're already dead and then it just you're, like it's just a smash cut yeah. to them in the room and everybody's on the floor and she starts running away yeah like i i like that kind of thing where he he's clearly um, he's hamstrung like you have to you work with the limitations you can't show that fight sequence yeah, yeah. but you have to c- put something there because yeah. somebody's going to put something there and uh, I thought that was a great yeah. little sort of uh, uh, compromise there's one that I really like too where he like he like cuts like the the uh, like uh, Keanu Reeves going like oh I can dodge bullets and then he just never shows him dodging bullets throughout <laughs> the entirety of the film like so it's just assumed that oh Keanu Reeves can dodge bullets <laughs> then he gets totally shot yeah, then he gets totally <laughs> shot there's like shitty ADR lines that are jokes there's a bunch of like like zipper noises, zipper noises <laughs> when oh, they man. get when they capture Morpheus <laughs> when they're interrogating they're interrogating they're- Morpheus and one of the agents walks up you see zip it's just like oh my god like, <laughs> it's so fucking funny there's two he does two of those yeah yeah uh well i don't know if it's a lady that edited this but no uh, i'm sure it's not <laughs> no i mean like there's like one there's like one Whoa, hot takes bezo like coming out female fan editor that i know of all okay so, um but <laughs> well it's true um <laughs> There's a uh, uh, um, another one of the best like manipulations of of the dialogue to sell something I thought was hilarious is that in the original he follows the white rabbit which is the girl with the tattoo and they go to this bar and Nia's just kind of hanging out on oh the side. Oh my god, that scene was so and, funny! Uh, in yeah. the original he's just kind of hanging out there and he hears a, a Neo and like he turns around and he sees him and it's like you're the hacker Trinity. He's like yeah. He's like huh. He's like what? Well, I thought you'd be a man, and uh, that's how how it plays out in the original. And in this edit, uh, it cuts to her, and all she says, like, it's like he's like he's just startled. He looks around, and he goes, "Huh?" And he goes, and she goes, like, uh, "Hi, Neo." And he's like, "What?" He's like, "What?" I was like, oh, "I thought you'd be a man." He goes, "That was a long time ago." <laughs> well, that it's also funny because the way that that shot is framed is so it looks like she's just not wearing anything. Yeah. So she's just naked in this club, and then there's that whole exchange. Oh my god, that scene was yeah. so funny it's so fun. there's like a bunch of really funny ADR lines that he added and then like just makes them sound super shitty <laughs> yeah, yeah like, and the, the like film this is bullshit yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna give you the finger yeah I'm gonna give you the finger oh, was so, so funny good. like yeah in the original in the interrogate <laughs> when he first gets interrogated by the agents he says I'm gonna give first off I'm gonna give you the finger and you're gonna give me my phone call yeah well in this one he just gives him he just shows him to give him the finger so they take that line of dialogue I'm gonna give you the finger and uses it with 
when the oracle tells him he's not going to be the one. <laughs> he says, I'm going to give you the figure that he like angrily knocks down the face. <laughs> he just like fucks up our house because he's not the, the prophet. <laughs> yeah, that shit was fucking funny. Uh, did they play? Did they don't play White Rabbit in the in the original? No, no, no that was really funny that was too. Good. That was a good pull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. I was like, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I don't know. Any time White Rabbit's used in a film, it's typically pretty cool. So. <laughs> I, I don't know like a bunch of the ADR stuff was so funny like Ooh. whoever edited this had good timing and like understood jokes the 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 film burns twice yeah there's two burning the film real sex and I think everybody every edit that I've seen that sort of makes it an old version of the movie kind of thing like the Star Wars edits that do that yeah um, like to play with that yeah it's a fun kind of thing because it's a good way of like ah I don't want to show all of this I'm just going to film the real and like yeah. smash cut to everything being okay now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he does a couple of those and, he, he uses yeah. it in this one where the Nebuchadnezzar is being chased by the sentinel like in the original that's a big special effects sequence with the sentinels coming up and they're like traveling through mm-hmm. all the things yeah. and so like it's a good way of you know sequence. hiding yeah the sentinels mm-hmm. never looked good in the original or no. the, the sequels um and uh, so it's a good way of hiding that while also playing to that uh, that old style. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the burned reels and everything. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys think of the the film, like the way he, the film grain actually looked? I'm torn. On yeah, that, same. honestly. Yeah. Uh, the there's a. It feels like in some ways there's sort of a um, there's like a there must be like some kind of like oh I'm gonna hit the button that does the auto uh, noise yeah know, the film noise and there's a little too much uh, obvious replication with the pattern just yeah like it's it's faking it a little too I got much. the same thing with like there there's specifically uh, the line there's a line on the left on the far left and, and then it goes the to center, center. Yeah. yeah but then nothing as far as like film degradation and like graininess yeah none of the lines happen on the right side hmm. and like another thing that i thought he could have added was like in like a lot of the old black exploitation films when you see the 35 millimeter print is like the big uh cir- circle in the bottom corner for right. the real change right right and i was like i was waiting for one of those Surely, like those would be I easy drops see, I, yeah i didn't yeah. see those um but They're, yeah i mean that's kind of the problem that we've had with a couple of these is like when they are trying to duplicate VHS or film, uh, a lot of the time it's like, it's like it, it, it is, if you're putting like a layer of filter over it, uh, the grain will create patterns. And it's like, if you're watching a movie that you know isn't supposed to look like that, you mm-hmm. look for patterns mm-hmm. in the the way of the, like the grain kind of filter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was seeing them a lot, but I was like, I was so happy watching it that I was like, I don't care. I forgive it a little bit. Yeah. Like the, I think that there's like those single pixel white vertical lines that came up whenever they to sort of indicate like you know like somebody obviously messed with the film to throw some ADR on here and so we have this just you know some of those didn't work for me as well yeah um they're a little more obvious that something has been uh, digitally put in yeah um did you have something else you wanted to say? No, I mean, I, I mentioned that at the top that I, at first, I, I really could not deal with the green. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this. But then once the tone was set with the film, I was like, okay, never mind. This is so, fine. I don't mind so, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a little surprised that uh, he didn't go back and put it in a four by three. 
sure uh, because you could yeah. do a lot of pan and scan and kind of replicate some of the older style with that but yeah. you know hey movies back in the 70s were also shot in widescreen so okay i'm yeah. down with that and um, it's like a small widescreen too so it, it looks it's it's pretty good yeah, yeah. um small widescreen yeah so there's a i mean this movie has a, a a lot of this sort of inserted kind of stuff there's not a single scene that plays from the original straight through every single scene has um you know is is playing with this uh this grindhouse thing which i enjoy um the more it lets it be the matrix only in with grain the less the more the harder it is to get back into oh yeah this is a grindhouse kind of fan 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 yeah. kind of thing um i find this uh to go back to what we were talking about about uh, cinematic language there i noticed like watching this like there are things not just like the special effects with the camera going around you know the bullet time thing but like even like smaller little camera mov- camera movements that the wachowskis use um are are things that would not exist in the 70s or at least i don't recall i don't place them there like intuitively yeah and so like there's it's kind of interesting watching something that's uh, it's invoking something old but it has these new kind of techniques in it and uh i i found that uh kind of interesting uh, the, the only thing that's coming up to mind right now in, in talking about it is the uh there's a sequence where uh, you know neo's at his office yeah and he gets the cell phone it's morpheus and he kind of guides yeah. him out of the room and there's like this scene where he answers the phone and it's this moment where he kind of leans into his desk and the camera like comes around and catches his profile yeah, like swooping yeah, yeah there's a couple of those rotating camera shots yeah. in that particular sequence yeah yeah and uh when it's echoed in the uh, <laughs> i forgot about uh, I'll, I'll bring that up in a second but like yeah. echoed in some of the other yeah like that those kind of like swooping in kind of slow you know dolly shots yeah uh, that you don't really they're not just if you have a if you're working on a budget you don't have that kind of steady cam dolly thing in the 1970s yeah. to do that kind of stuff so it's funny how my brain was like oh yeah that's right and then it like yeah. clicks back and forth and I'm trying to figure out why is it that this doesn't feel right I'm like oh because why yeah yeah but he'll also like in the, in that same scene where you get that that really nice like kind of swooping shot he'll do like like uh, it'll be like he degrades the way the technology is with sound effects that he adds a adds in the edit because mm-hmm. like when he opens the cell phone it's like <laughs> yeah yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah there's, i was gonna bring that up too because like another great thing in the in the club scene is uh he just removes the music you hear the white rabbit uh Jan's Joplin song in the background and then Jefferson Airplane definitely yeah whatever I only know that because it was in the end credits and I read it well <laughs> she's singing it it's fine anyway no she's not Grace, uh, Grace, right. Grace Slick R.I.P. well <laughs> fuck me I never mind Grace Slick is dead uh, wait what keep going <laughs> well anyway so uh part of what uh i just uh, never mind (laughs) (laughs) we derailed her too much sorry (laughs) sorry i didn't mean to train crashed into the forest (laughs) (laughs) yeah but noises uh the the, sound effect all this like there's a lot of uh, a sound effect work that he's done here to manipulate the sound um uh there's a lot of times where he cuts out the sound effects and just fucking lets it you know let the let the thing run without sound effects just like let the music go yeah yeah which is another way again like it's funny like with all the, the fight scenes 
there's fight scenes and things like that but also yeah. just like there's a lot of times where like the pop the the space music kicks in yeah. and um you just kind of like let it roll you know just like oh well they don't have any of the it's like it's like they recorded it without the you know the boom mic there to catch any of the room noise so they just yeah. like uh and they didn't bother to do adr like they yeah. or not just adr but like you know um which is do, to do foley work on it yeah like in a lot of like black exploitation trash cinema you get that yeah. you get that a lot and like and like one that i find particularly funny is like when morpheus throws neo into the wood beam yeah and it sounds like a twig breaking yeah. <laughs> and it's like the shittiest sound effect right for it and for like what would be like a huge crash yeah it's just like and you're like oh my god i was just it, that one got me and whenever they open a cell phone and it's yeah. like because yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you're like oh it's so technology forward but then like putting this like shitty sound effect on the technology just totally cheapens the technology and makes it funny yeah 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 um one of the things that's interesting is uh, when the matrix came out like there was a lot of praise for the martial arts choreography and it's like wow you've never seen anything like this before and it's fucking there's like a ton of moves and it's fast and quick and etc etc but it's yeah. hilarious that as soon as you move the camera slightly over how completely cheesy and utterly silly the whole thing is yeah and whereas when it's in the when it's the live camera that we're watching that the movie's made off of it's like oh yeah i'm kind of into it like yeah punch kick dodge punch kick you know block yeah but as soon as it cuts to those camera shots where it's the you know the the other guy who's like documenting the filming yeah like, all of a sudden like the illusion is completely lost yeah, yeah, yeah. and i find that fascinating about how uh the placement of the camera the, the the lighting involved in it can sell the illusion whereas uh just slightly off and now we're now now i don't believe it yeah yeah but it's funny how he uses that like it to to the advantage because then you watch it and you're like because it's still cool watching them fight even if you see the wires yeah like it's yeah. still interesting and still cool mm -hmm. and like i i think it's a i i think it's a good idea to take these kind of films and like the only whole fight scenes he leaves in unedited are the kung fu ones and it's pretty it's pretty cool i, I like it yeah whatever um so one of my fa another one of my favorite little edits is that uh in the original when he he's getting trained yeah, uh, he's locks in the chair, and um, is it Tank? Is that the one who like who's like oh, I'm not going to do all these like programs. Let's let's do kung fu on the originally. Like let's do martial arts, you know. Yeah. And in this one, he sticks in the tape, and it cuts to like the Sex. shot of the girl with the the red dress, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like he's like he's just getting them laid, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, and then like it cuts to like wiping his brow, like he's been doing it forever. He's like, how long has it been doing? He's like ten hours. I mean, it's a machine. <laughs> uh, <this is> classic, <laughs> classic, funny jokes. Yeah, yeah. Edit jokes. Yeah, I, I mean, he lands a bunch. Yeah. Like, I mean, there is a bunch of jokes that aren't there that are made by the editor. Yeah. Which is funny. I've never seen that. Like, I've never, like, I feel like a lot of times we'll watch, like, an edit and they take, like, a fan editor is, like, trying to fix it so seriously that they never just, like, cut in a joke. Mm -hmm. I've never seen someone just cut in jokes. And he was just cutting in jokes. And I was like, oh, it's fucking genius. Yeah. Because, like, it's a, yeah, it's, it's like watching a YouTube video. Like, like oh, and, you know, he's going to, uh, he's going to talk to Morpheus and he, he cuts in a zipper unzipping mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like it's funny yeah. like just leave it so um 
the the matrix itself sort of uh, is like i said it's like one of these movies that sort of uh, i mean it's special to a lot of people i think uh, what you were talking about earlier about how there's so many layers to the onion if you want to look at it in a surface level you can but if you want to rip it apart and get to the core like there's it just keeps going and going and going uh, so it's very it's very easy to kind of sink your teeth into like to the depth that you want to. Um, it's fun. This edit is uh, is a great addition. I think uh, I, I don't I don't see why anybody wouldn't want to have this if you've seen the original edit. No. Like this is just a great fun little thing to have. Um, one of the more polished anti polished edits we've seen. Yeah, we go with that. Like, like clearly, a ton of work has been put into this, and there's. An, I think the movie can't go thirty seconds without showing us something. Yeah, that's unique and and new and different. And most of those moments sell. A lot of them don't, but that that kind of adds to the charm. Yeah, of the whole experience. Um, I, I don't think uh, he, this editor, has reached out and done like you know Matrix two and three. Um, and who knows if even that would be any good, you know, yeah. in retrospect. Uh, but uh, this is a, a, a really strong, uh, good fan mix. It's got, uh, I don't know, like you think, uh, it's almost surprising how many little things will show up throughout the whole edit. Yeah. Uh, from, you know, the big things at the end and the small things, you know, throughout the whole thing. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's a great, I, I, I was actually surprised at how much I enjoyed this. Yeah. Nods of approval across the board. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I I feel the same way. Like I I, I uh, you know put it beside your copy of the Matrix. Yeah, and I mean like there's I I, I wouldn't mind watching it again because there's like a lot of things that are dropped in there really they're really fun and really kitschy and mm-hmm. and I, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same thing with the with the Scream one. I feel like I feel like the the only people that are really kind of doing these weird kind of overhauls and especially like trying to take someone uh, something and then kind of put a difference like like make it a 80s horror film or, or make it a grindhouse film like i always feel like uh, though the people that are taking on those projects tend to be better you tend to end with higher quality things i, th- I think yeah i think the the medium of fan editing like i said sort of plays to that so that yeah. even the mistakes and the limitations work in the film's favor yeah yeah so it's uh it's I, I, i'm gonna say it's easier per se like it, it's still sure. a lot of work well um, i mean obviously it is because yeah. i mean this guy used like this the, this edit has this edit has fucking triple the amount of sources, sources that yeah. he pulled from than anything we've watched mm-hmm. uh, the, that isn't like a complete overhaul mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know so uh did you have something to say Mm-mm. No. Uh, so the editor's name uh, is Matrix Grindhouse. Uh, no, he also had another name. Yeah, he did. He? But if you if you're looking it up on fanedit.info, uh, okay. the editor's name is going to be Matrix Grindhouse. Okay. Um, if you find it, uh, there's actually two discs. One is the movie. One is a whole different discs of bonus features, which I'm excited. I yeah. want to watch them. Deleted scenes, music videos, all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> Trailers, everything. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess it's too much on one DVD, so he has a two DVD. Thing. Thing. Yeah. and uh artwork available too so you can print it all out and have your own little you know matrix grindhouse uh um or, or ro- robots versus kung fu uh dvd case i want to what does the artwork look like did you look at it yeah yeah, yeah it's um i mean it, you can look it up on the phone but it's you know it's kind of like that 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 text that font where it comes up and says robot versus kung fu it's mm-hmm. that and it's got some um 
pictures of like uh, some cl- kind of old school, looks like 1950s kind of style robots, kind of like in the background. And mm. uh, anyway, it's it's a good, nice little piece of uh, piece of work. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I want to put this like on. I want to like put. I want to record this to like VHS and then watch it. <laughs> Just like keep trashing it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's great. Yeah. I recommend it. Yeah. I, I would definitely recommend watching it to yeah. people. I uh, I would too, and I think it's fun to think about from a from a cinematic language point of view because it is you see like the language from the nineties that yeah. the Wachowskis in some ways were helping pioneer, yeah. and then like the seventies kind of stuff that's sort of interfering, and it's like that juxtaposition is really interesting to me, yeah. and uh, I think there's uh, a lot to be said about uh, you know. Could the Matrix have? If this, if is this the version that the Matrix, like, if that story had been presented to somebody in 1972 with a, you know, with twenty thousand dollars to make the movie, <laughs> would this have been the movie? And it's, it's pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. I, I would, I wouldn't be too far. I don't think it's too far off. No, no, and he fucking kills Neo. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. The Death of Neo is a great addition, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, if y'all don't have anything further to jump on this, let's let's do some plugs. What's going on? Dor- Dorito Girl, Mountain Dude, new episodes? <laughs> yeah, uh, Mountain Dude versus Dorito Girl. Uh, at Donna underscore Bourgeois on Twitter. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, FCC Presents uh, at X34ERB. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethan Billups on Twitter. Just find me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Email me. I don't care. To call me five one seven four seven four. Send the smoke signals. Talk to people who might know. Yeah. You get message to you somehow. Just gave out my phone number. So if you call me or text <laughs> me, we can talk. It's fine. I don't care. All right. Well, uh, this is me, Bezo, signing off. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you on